Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Robbie Riggs. Welcome to the Way I See It podcast. This show provides a safe space for anyone to share their thoughts, stories, and opinions. Let's get into today's episode. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I'm Robbie Riggs, for any of you who are new. Today, we have an amazing, amazing guest. We have Carrie from Live Accessible on today. Oh my God, I am so excited for today's episode. I cannot believe it. So Carrie is a YouTube creator, and she is more importantly, the founder of an organization called Live Accessible, which is also her YouTube channel, as I mentioned. Live Accessible is basically a guide, I like to call it, to help you live accessible. It's very simple. So Carrie and I today talk about how she started it, what she does now, how her childhood impacted her blindness, how she got started on YouTube, and so much more. Enjoy. All right, so welcome to the show. I am so pumped to have you here. You know, it's you are the first blind or visually impaired person I've ever had on this podcast. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I guess it's, I'm the the first person. That's always fun to do. <laughs> well, you are a legend, I must say. You I are, am. I, I'm not so sure about that, but thank you. <laughs> I would highly, highly, highly disagree. You are, you are amazing. And the, actually, you were the first person that made me want to watch a lot of blind or visually impaired YouTubers because even though I was born blind, you know, I was always very biased about my disability. Like I didn't want to hang out with anybody else that was blind and I didn't understand because, you know, the way I grew up in my high school, it was always just very, um, you know, it was a blind bubble, you know, here in Canada, like we only have the one blind school here. And it was always just a blind bubble. And so the only person I knew before you was Molly Burke. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and then I started watching a lot of your videos and I'm just like, oh my God, like this girl like is so cool. And like, the one thing I loved about them was that like you put other blind people at the front at the at the fourth of your YouTube channel, which is so admirable, I must say. Like you just put other voices, not just yourself and Pablo and you know. Oh yeah, you guys probably would get tired if it was just me. So I gotta put other people there too. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> no, really? right? Yeah, that exactly, exactly. So I guess my first question for you is how did you get from, you know, blind carry in school? Because I did a little video research on you. <laughs> ah. And so I, I read that, you know, I, I heard that it was a bit harder for you. So how did you get from small, shy carry to now leading this amazing place we call Live Accessible? It's a, kind of really funny that you would say that because in a lot of ways, I'm still that kind of same person. I'm still 
more shy and I am really rather more introverted than, you know, people might think just because I have a YouTube channel and I talk a lot to people and, you know, even have um, people interview people and everything. Um, I still have that within me, but it actually started when I started working and I actually started working in a um, a place where they hired a lot of blind people. So previously, I was the only blind person in high school and middle school and elementary school, like everywhere, except for my family. And I did go to like blind camp, but it was just kind of that thing where you'd go for a week or two, and then you'd be kind of back in reality. Um, <laughs> but when I started working, and I would be, there would be so many other blind people around me. And I'm like, oh, oh, I can be like, you know, um, myself and talk to other people and engage more. And I guess I just came out of my shell in a way. Um, and especially with my husband, Pablo, I met him there. And, you know, <laughs> when you're with Pablo, you can't be shy. I remember one of the first times, um, me and Pablo went out. Um, I can't remember. If we, we, it wasn't like on a date or something, but we went out to Food Lion. Um, and, it, you know, he just asked for help as if he doesn't care. And I'm like, there, I'm, I want to do things by myself. And I'm like, oh, don't ask anybody. Don't talk to people because I'm from up northeast. And, you know, in New York, if you, if you try to approach someone and talk to them, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and yeah, so, no kidding. No, not no at kidding. all. So, <laughs> I had that kind of reticence about approaching people. And Paulo is just like, hey, is anybody here? Can you guys help us? And I'm like, oh my gosh, cringe. And <laughs> that must have been the most that must have been the most embarrassing thing at the time for you because you weren't used to that. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. At, at the that time, must have been so yes, freaking embarrassing. So embarrassing. I think, like, I turned completely red. And I'm like, Pablo, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? It's like that kind of person where they say something at the table and then you kick them under the table and they turn to you and they're like, why did you kick me? <laughs> that was my feeling right then. <laughs> but like over the time, I really gained a lot of confidence. And it was really because of him and his influence and uh, because of um, just working um, at, that, at that place. And also I started a part-time at a low vision center. And it was the first time where I experienced having to deal with complete strangers and talk to them about assistive technology, which was something that I have always loved. So I just couldn't help myself. And just, I would just go on and on about whatever assistive technology, whether it was a CCTV or the Victor Street. And so through that experience, I just got more comfortable and a little bit more comfortable. And that's how I opened up. That is so cool. I must say, you and Pablo are the most cutest couple I've ever seen in my life, number one. Um, <laughs> well, um, thank you. You know, he's such a gentle guy. And I think that's why you guys blend so well, is because you guys are similar. 
in the in the fact that you are a very nice person and he is a very nice person you are a little shy he's not that's where your differences lie but when when you actually put it together you guys are pretty much no you're a little different but you're still very similar and going back to you know him being so open in asking for help you know as totally blind people we have to be you know mm -hmm. we have to be open in asking for help and i feel like you know that's you really can't be shy as as someone like pablo and myself is like you you cannot be shy if you need if you need help you just have to kind of go with it and you know just have to just kind of just go with it and if people get embarrassed well that's their problem <laughs> you know? well absolutely yeah since i come from uh, just being visually impaired and I would try to do everything myself and I didn't even want to use a cane in high school even though I probably should have and there was one time in college when I didn't use a cane <laughs> it was in the middle of the night and it was dark but you know there's just this thing when when you can still when you still have some vision you want to use it um, and you just don't feel comfortable at least I didn't feel comfortable um asking for help and so uh, so i i learned a lot from pablo but you know I, what i like to say is that we we complement each other since you know i i'm stronger in some areas than he is and in, in a lot of areas he's stronger than i am yeah absolutely absolutely and you know that's 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 very important in any relationship is that you know if one's weaker the other one has to be able to lift them up if one's stronger the other one has to kind of put them down a little bit and be like hey that's a little bit much buddy you know and <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the thing it, it's it's just a very it, it's it's a very it's a two-part thing and in your cases it's a very unique relationship that you know some sighted people would be a little bit like to think well why would you want to you know why would you want to marry someone who's also visually impaired and i kind of felt the same way too at, at, at first because i was just like what you know if i ever get a girlfriend i'm like i don't know i mean i mean at first i was just like if i ever get a girlfriend i really I would prefer her not to be visually impaired, but after watching you guys, it's like, I could care less if she's <laughs> visually impaired, if she's blind or what, because, you know, Pablo always says, it's not about what someone looks like. It's about, you know, it's about who they are as a person. And that's, that's the main, that, that, that's the main thing. It's about who they are as a person and what values they could bring. So honestly, congratulations for two, for two of you. I'm so, I am so, so proud of you guys. And, you know, that is so great. So talk oh, to me more. About, uh, no <laughs> problem. No problem. Talk to me more about, um, I'm just curious about your childhood, because I know that 
your father was blind, your sister was blind, you were blind, and your brother is deaf. <laughs> what a mix! Yes. And and we actually wow. I, we grew up with my grandma, my dad's dad, and she was also totally blind. So my grandma was totally blind, and my dad was totally blind. And me and my sister were visually impaired. Um, and so my mom was only the only quote unquote uh, normal, which is what people would say, person in our family. And so that was really frustrating because. You know, everybody would go to my mom as if we're not there. We don't exist. And they would talk to her for anything related to any of us. And so, you know, you can imagine that it would be <clears throat> an interesting uh, thing to do to take out like six people uh, who, who have all these disabilities out wherever. And, you know, I, when I was young, I really didn't think um that it was different i mean everybody in my family was blind and visually impaired so what, what's the difference and it wasn't until like i started going to school where you would really feel kind of left out like out of the ordinary you know and so <laughs> that was also part of why i was so shy and and also because I am Filipino and the Asian culture tends to be uh, more reserved. So it, it was an interesting childhood, but I really enjoyed it, actually. Looking back on it, I wouldn't want to go through high school again, but <laughs> it wasn't terrible. I feel you there. I feel you there. I mean, I could say for my childhood, um, my parents, like Pablo's, were always very protective. And they still are kind of protective of me. And sometimes, you know, I don't know if your mom is kind of like this with you, but I know with me, sometimes like they'd like get all, you know, they wouldn't let me try much, you know, many things. It was always just like, oh, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. But I feel like if we don't really hurt ourselves and learn from these things, we don't really grow, you know? Yes. Um, my mom it's kind of interesting she'll she'll in some ways my parents were pretty protective but in some ways they're like oh you deal with it you figure it out <laughs> so like with school we were basically left to to do whatever whatever we thought was best and then it was only like when when you had a problem that you know my parents would step in because like at least for me i would be the one who would advocate with my teachers and tell them i can't see that or um just ask for what i needed and because my dad you know my parents knew that there was nothing wrong with me um when we first moved to america when i was three years old they didn't actually want me to be in mainstream classes they wanted to put me in special ed because i didn't speak english <laughs> and i'm like these people say I can't I could not understand anything they said but it was it was really interesting because that must have been day, hard as hell for you if you couldn't speak the language in America I think I was so young that I really didn't it didn't really bother me I was very young and it was like it was like about three or four it was in preschool and I, I just was like oh what's this what's that and I was just so curious about everything that 
And then one day I didn't understand what they were saying. And then I felt like the next day I just suddenly understood what they were saying. It's amazing how when you're surrounded with another language, even though you don't know it, you, you'll pick it up really fast if you're young and there's <laughs> nobody else is speaking your language. Yeah, like when you're young, it's one of these things where you're just like, okay, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I'm going to try my best to learn. <laughs> and I'm going to try my best to like kind of understand. But no, that's so, that's really great of your parents that they encouraged you to, adv to advocate for yourself and to, you know, train you how to do that at a young age. You know, that's really, that must have been, that must have made you feel, even though you went through hard times, that must have made you feel pretty empowered yourself to be like, I, if I need something, all I have to do is advocate and I get what I need, you know? Yes, in a way, yes. And, and I'm very grateful to my parents for instilling that within me. But at the same time, in a way, it wasn't exactly them teaching me to to do it by myself it was my mom you know she was very busy um she she worked uh, in new york while we lived in new jersey and so she would have to go, get go over the george washington bridge and so she'd leave like an hour and a half earlier than she has to and she'd come home late and my dad would also be working as well and so in a way it was like we had I had to deal with it because nobody else was going to do it for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you had no choice in the matter then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a way, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you know, when when it comes to, you know, on, on the on this show where I'm very big on mental health and anxiety and stuff like that because I suffer with an anxiety disorder. And, you know, I I heard and I also did a bit of research that blind people are more likely to live with some sort of a mental health uh problem in their life because of the fact that we have life so much harder um have you ever had anything like that where you felt like you weren't good enough or you felt like you know if only i can see more than i can or you know have you ever felt like like that before in your life i have uh, going through public school where you're the only blind um, student or visually impaired student um, you know, you, you, I don't think there's a way that you can go through that without suffering, uh, you know, from mental health issues. Um, and, you know, there was always that you want to be accepted. I mean, even if you're not blind, if you're, if you can see and you don't have any disabilities and in that, uh, as a teenager, you still feel those pressures and you, you want to be accepted and, um, <clears throat> in the in crowd, you know? And so I always, I wanted to be like that, but then at the same time, um, you know, I, I just, I would see 
what those teenagers that were, you know, popular would do. And part of me like, didn't really want to have anything to do with it because at least in, in my school, there was a lot of, uh, of drugs and other things that were going on. And, and you know, my family um, always taught us, you know, to go against that and, or not to do that ourselves. Um, so, and I never really was interested in, in that kind of stuff. So in, in a way I wanted to be, but I, I never actually strived to be. Right. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. That makes sense. And in your case, you know, your parents had a way of teaching you that because what, from what I, from what I understand, you learn how you learn, you were, you learn how to be smart from young, from, from what you described to me earlier. It's like you learn how to be smart from a young age. And so, you know, you just, I guess you just knew, like, okay, I know that there's drugs out there, but I don't want to do it, you know? And that's, that, that's pretty clever as a teenager. I must say that's pretty. Uh, oh, I mean, of course I did other things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got of into course. trouble too. Right. Uh, yeah. I got of course. a whole lot of trouble, but not anything like that. And, you know, I know there were some people in my school that got arrested and, and all this craziness. And I, I didn't want to have anything to do with that. Um, but, but yeah, I had my share of teenage uh, uh, adventures or whatever you want to call them escapades um but um as i grew up you know i i got a lot more comfortable with who i am and what my values are and i guess i just stuck to those and i still try to there's always going to be that pressure especially i think with social media where people so easily over the internet they don't even know who you are they can't see you you know they're just behind the keyboard and they can say whatever they want about you or against you and so uh, i just i just don't pay attention because i know who i am and what i want from life so they can they can say whatever they want (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely and that's the thing. If you're going to be on the internet, like in your case on YouTube, you have to just take any criticism that anyone on the internet gives you. If it's, I mean, of course, if it's constructive criticism, you know, like you're just like, okay, I'll think about that. No guarantee I'll do it, but I'll think about it. But <laughs> exactly when it comes to just someone being totally disrespectful, you just have to kind of just get rid of that, like, you just have to not let it kind of bother you. And, you know, that's something that I'm kind of learning a little bit in my, in my own life. I mean, my podcast is, you know, it's growing slowly, but surely it's growing. Um, But I'm sure as I get more out there, you know, I'll probably get hate for something I say. And it's like, if you don't get hate, I feel like you're not saying the right thing, if that makes sense. I think so, and I mean, I I have been blessed um, that I haven't gotten too many of those. There have been a lot of comments like, "Are you really blind?" 
and, and things like that. And I'm just like, I, I just, you know, if I, I might comment back to them once, but if they continue, then I'm just like, okay, well, you do whatever you want. I'm not going to waste my time because I, I think that a lot of these bad comments is just people like, I can just imagine them. They have nothing else to do except like go on social media and, and find other people and like insult them or, or just hate on them. And I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time on you. It's easier to just block them, report them, whatever you want to do, than have them in your life and causing you distress. You know, I, I would rather just, it's a lot easier, just block. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. That's, that, that makes so much sense. Um, so, um, I guess the kind of the, Another topic that I want to kind of discuss with you, um, this probably might be the last one, but we'll see, knowing me, I talk so much. Um, <laughs> um, so what made you want to start the YouTube, Blind and Visually Impaired YouTuber series? Like, how did you hook up with these people? How did you connect with them? Um, the, the main people I found was Diana with two N's and Gabriella Mendoza, I think her name is. What's your name? Mendoka. Yeah, um, I I am not sure how to pronounce her last name. I just say Gabby. Yeah, Gabby, Gabby. <laughs> I don't want to get her last name wrong. That's all. I just uh, say Gabby as well. Don't worry. Um, but no, like those two are so inspirational, especially Diana when it comes to advocating and stuff. And you know, how did you how did you find them? Like, how did you find Diana and Gabby? Did you just find their YouTube channel? Be like, hey, I want to collab with you. Like, how did that process work? Oh, well, actually, um, Diana and I have done um, videos, a video before. Um, it was a live stream, and uh, when you're a new YouTuber, like one of the first things you do is find other YouTubers who are kind of in your niche. And, or in my case, I wanted to find other people who are blind and visually impaired and just connect with them, uh, you know, watch their videos for inspiration and then just comment on their videos, um, saying something with value and uh, just connect with them. And um, so with Diana, I cannot remember how I met her or if she commented on one of my videos first or if I commented on one of her videos, but um, you know, I started a blind and visually impaired YouTuber support group on Facebook, and I think that's I'm a part of that. Where... Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah, because and... on Facebook, my name is Robert, but I don't know how to change it. But yeah, I am part of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so when it was a lot smaller, um, you know, I, I found her and then we connected on Facebook, and so that's how we started and I'm just like hey Diana would you come on to my YouTube channel again and be on the YouTuber spotlight and so she's like yeah sure and so that's how uh we met for that and and Gabby actually she reached out to me um and I'm like oh yes let's like you know I'll have her on um, my YouTube channel as well and I uh, when I was a very small YouTuber uh not not even a hundred subscribers I don't think uh, everybody was so supportive of me and you know in, in these kind of cases that 
some people have like a lot of competition or like feeling that they're competing with other YouTubers or other people, but at least in the YouTube space where I go, I don't know, everybody's just so friendly and you know, we're they're so willing to work together to to help each other out. And so when I was a small YouTuber, um, people like Sam from the Blind Light and Derek from Life After Sight Loss, they were so generous to me and like Sam had me on his channel. And so I wanted to to show um, appreciation for the people who did uh, help me on my way to where I am now um, and, and kind of show the community that, you know, it's not just about me and uh, everything that I have to say. I want to lift up their voices too and have other people connect with them. And so that's, that's kind of how I started the interview series. And, and so I'll definitely be doing a lot more and some fun ones too. I don't want to say any names, but I think people will, will like them. That is so, that is so, so amazing. And it's so true what you said, you know, people always say like, oh, it's so hard to, you know, it's so hard to do this, on, to, to get on YouTube and make videos. It's like, not anymore, not anymore. Ever since this whole pandemic started, you know, it's been a lot easier and absolutely, you know, the blind and visually impaired community is such a supportive community when it comes to YouTube, especially. And, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast too, because there was so many people who I wanted to talk to like yourself who have shaped my life to what it is. It's like, without any of these platforms like podcasting and YouTubing and stuff like that, you would not get to really do that. And so we're pretty lucky in a sense that we have with like that all of us have some sort of platform where we can talk to the people who inspire us and who, you know, kind of give us that little kick in the butt to be like, you, you know, whatever you can do, you, you could put your mind to it. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, I might get in trouble for saying this, but when it comes to voice acting, you know, I'm thinking of pursuing voice acting. And this is another way that, you know, you guys help me as well is the fact that voice acting, you would think is a blind thing, but it's not, it's so visual. There's so more visual people than blind people in the whole career and it's mm -hmm. very just it's very expensive <laughs> and so like to get a good demo production done it's two thousand three thousand dollars oh my goodness wow it's crazy and it's that's not even enough like it's it's like to get a good trainer it's like you have to spend at least twenty thousand dollars and it's just a lot of blind like blind people don't have that kind of most of us don't have that money to spend oh no <laughs> so it's like we have to be so much more creative than the average person because of our dis disabilities and i feel like platforms like youtube podcasts and all these things 
are so, they just give so much opportunity to people like you and I who don't have the money to spend $3,000 on a demo production to make ourselves worthy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. We've, we've faced so many challenges in our lives and we've overcome them with technology or adaptations or just, just finding a way that in a sense, we're more accustomed to doing that. We're accustomed or we have more experience facing challenges and we have, I think, it can build more determination to to say when when somebody tells you that you can't do something or no blind people do that it it kind of makes you want to be like actually yes yes i can do it and and that's part of why i started youtube in the first place um i had so much to share and just in my own journey and i, <laughs> I haven't an unending list of videos and things I want to share and and it's because I want other people who are blind or visually impaired to be able and, and think and believe in themselves and that they are capable and they can do basically whatever they want to do so that's my hope yeah absolutely and you know we are so much more capable than we believe and what than what society believes and that is just so amazing that you kind of reiterate that and i feel like you know even though all of our content is different all of us in the whole creative space are just trying to prove the same thing that we are capable of doing anything that sighted people can do, if not better than an average sighted person. Yes. You know? I totally agree. <laughs> you know? So before, uh, before we wrap up here, um, I'm, I'm starting to include this new segment in my podcast, my guest called Wildcard. And what it does, or what it is, is you would ask me, you would, you would, you would, you would pick out an item and I will, as a totally blind person, try my best to visualize in my mind and tell you what it looks like. <laughs> hmm. I'll have to think about this one. Yeah, so whatever uh, item comes been... to your head, whatever thing <laughs> comes to your head. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, have you been blind all your life? Yep. Have you had vision? Okay. Oh, wow. I'm so not good at spur of the moment things. <laughs> That's okay. That's the point of this segment. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, um, I think. I think. Um, gosh, and you know the hard thing about this is because being visually impaired, it's like, wow. What do things look like? Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, what, what do you think? This is something that I've always wondered about. Yeah. What do you think uh, like stars and like planets look like? 
That is such a good one. And you said you couldn't think of anything. <laughs> B.S. That took me a while. B.S. Okay. Um, what do planets and stars look like? Well, I would say like planet Earth is like a small little ball. Like a small ball that like you can, you know, move like that can just move around like a sphere almost. Um, Venus would probably be something like um hmm what would venus look like it would probably be something like like a cylinder jupiter would be like a j symbol in braille if that makes any sense <laughs> like you know what a j feels like yeah yeah that's what jupiter would be like <laughs> that is exactly what jupiter would be <laughs> um yeah i can only think of those three for now um okay I'm, I'm gonna go on you now what do you think a light bulb looks like well i have seen those so <laughs> so I, i'm not sure if that's a good one for me to, to answer okay uh it's it's kind of like, you know, what I think of is like a pear. That's what I always think of. Ooh. I like that. Because it has like that uh, skinnier part that you screw in. And then like the, the other part is more rounded. <clears throat> what about an elephant? Well, the, th the thing is I can see pictures, but I don't know what they look like. Or like, I can't imagine seeing one in person like how right. much bigger is it than us you know is it like the size of a room or is it like the size of a house yeah who knows? <laughs> or yeah. is it like bigger than that i have no idea right yeah like like for I, me, don't they I like would say... ride elephants though yeah you can yeah you can so so they might not even be as big as a room i, I don't know i always thought of them as like Probably as big as a bedroom, but I guess I've always been wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I think of them as big as like a horse or something they like. They be bigger than that, don't they? Probably. Probably, yeah. I mean, because people ride them and like all that stuff. So I mean, yeah, like people, yeah, they they probably are. They probably hmm. are like. Yeah, yeah, because you know the thing is with me, I can see pictures, I can see details, but it's hard for me. Like I don't have very good depth perception, and I can't. Like it's hard for me to see like the scale compared to to people, or like in comparison, like objects in comparison. Like like you know, I've seen people riding ele elephants, but it's just for me. I I can't, it's hard to visualize that. Like, if it was standing right in front of me, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or you could just use Zyra. Yeah, there is that, too. <laughs> Actually, for those who don't know, explain what Ira is, first of all. So, in short, Ira is an app, app 
based service that connects people who are blind or visually impaired with a trained agent that uses the back of their camera. Uh, maybe the, the back PC camera is what I meant. <laughs> the back PC camera. <laughs> to see what's around them and it's different to the world or, or whatever they want, whether it's reading or um, <laughs> describing something. <laughs> that is so, what were you going to say? I have no idea. <laughs> oh my God. That is so, that is so, so great. That is, that is so Like accurate. you guys see I the edited videos. Better, I could not have done any better myself. <laughs> That is you guys so accurate. See the edited videos. You guys don't know like how many times I stopped. I'm like, oh, let me start over. Oh, crap! Oh I, I said God. that word funny. Like, what am I saying? Right. <laughs> I tell you, if I I, I I I just started editing on editing on Audacity, and it's crazy how how great editing can actually, you know, how great it can actually just enhance your voice to the fact where people think he talks so perfect uh no i do not i do not talk like that my editing skills are freaking i if i could talk the way i edit i would be so oh my god i know that's always my struggle because people see my videos and then i speak to them I'm like uh, um 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 yeah exactly Exactly, exactly. So I forgot to touch on this in the beginning, but you have a baby. Yeah, he doesn't like to be called a baby anymore since he says he's four and he's a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, I'd say, congratulations, honestly, to that you guys have a child that is so amazing um so what's it like being a blind parent or someone who cannot see their child like an average sighted person would um first of all parenthood in general is just amazing uh, you know from even from pregnancy it's like it just changes i think who you are and it's that realization that this little little baby who who cannot do anything for themselves is completely dependent on you, and that and I think that really changed me a lot, <laughs> especially the first couple of months not sleeping <laughs> because I I, I used uh, when I was younger I would love my sleep, and so that was uh, jarring to say the least. Um, but it's it's. So much fun. Uh, me and little Pablo have uh, just a ton of fun. I, I'm a little kid at heart. I mean, I'm the type of person that if I'm going to take care of, of kids or if I walk into a nursery or daycare, I'm like, I start playing with the toys too. I'm like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> and so I'm kind of like that too. I kind of, <laughs> whenever I'm excited, I go into this like little kid voice. And I just start to like act like a kid because I feel like a kid at heart, even at 22, it's like, I'm technically, I mean, I'm not, I'm legally an adult, but I still feel like a kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's a lot of fun, but at the same time, it's a lot of hard work. 
because you know you can't see exactly what they're doing so I think for me my sense of awareness has really increased like I don't know it's just some part of me like the sense where I knew what he was doing I knew what toy he was playing with I knew just by the sound or, or whatever what he was doing where he was moving to and I don't know it's it's something that at the time it, it's definitely a struggle but as they grow and they learn it's so fulfilling and it's just something that I, I just absolutely love, <laughs> especially now um, I'm homeschooling little Pablo, especially um, not just because of the pandemic, uh, but actually I've been home, technically homeschooling him since he was like one year old and doing colors and, and all this kind of thing. But yeah, he's in, he's in pre-kindergarten now and we just we just have a lot of fun. It's it's very difficult because little Pablo is also visually impaired. So oh my when Lord. we try to look at like the same the same material, especially a book, I'm trying to look at it close, and he's trying to look at it close. So it's like <laughs> I've had to find ways around that. <laughs> so I like when he was younger I, I ended up memorizing a lot of his books and if they weren't exactly what was written well it was okay it was pretty close and uh, <laughs> at least when it's when they're younger their books are a lot easier to memorize uh, like, absolutely but as they get older <laughs> but now I I try to find things um, on my phone that I can make really big and I can read off of that while he looks at the pictures. Like Thomas the Train right now, he's in love with Thomas the Train. And so he he's looking at the pictures on the physical book and I'm looking on Bookshare at like the text of the book. Yeah, so so can he see, like can he see anything? Or because you said he looks at pictures, like so what's his vision perception like? Since he's four, it's very hard to say exactly <laughs> because you know he doesn't have that same amount of communication as an adult but I we think um and the doctor thinks he sees about how much I see which is uh how do you how do I see um I can see but like I have to be very close to things and the further away the more blurry everything is and so for like the, the books looking at pictures of you, me and little Pablo have to look, I mean, not even an inch away. Yeah. To be able to see what's on the page. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. So that, so I guess you guys have to just go through life together and you know what, <laughs> that'll bring you guys so much more closer as a mother and son because oh, yeah. you have to do that. And so, <laughs> You know, he must look so forward to seeing you every every day and every every moment of every day. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely a little bit of a mama's boy, and uh, <laughs> though sometimes he'll, he'll he's definitely attached to his dad too, and it's like it's kind of funny because he'll be attached to one person for for a certain amount of time, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes or an hour, but he'll just be with that person. Like if I try to take him away from Pablo while they're doing something, no, 
no, I want to stay with daddy. But if it's vice versa, he'll do the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's definitely very interesting because he knows that his dad can't see so he tries to get away with more things yeah exactly with me <laughs> but it's it's a challenge but it's a it's a fun one and it's a fulfilling one and it makes us be more creative absolutely absolutely so do you have any advice to any you know blind parents out there whether they're you know just starting out or have a little bit of an older son like your son, Pablo? I definitely say don't listen to anybody who says that you can't find a way to be able to do it because trust me, there's so many people who are blind out there, visually impaired, totally blind, um, blind and have physical, other physical challenges and, and they are able to parent their children. So don't ever let anybody say that you can't just just find a way you can do it and it'll be amazing yeah absolutely absolutely so before i let you go where can people uh where can people find you oh yes um so you can find me at liveaccessible.com or on their youtube channel which is liveaccessible and on Twitter, <laughs> which is also live at Live Accessible and Instagram too. <laughs> oh my same. gosh, that is um, so good. That is great. That is great. Well, yeah, YouTube is my main uh, thing that I do, but Twitter is also fun. I, I post more there um, about like life in general and like more, I guess, in a way, more personal stuff. So if you guys want to chat with me just at me (laughs) absolutely absolutely so thanks so much for coming on today and uh you know maybe we'll get to talk again sometime maybe i can come on your youtube channel oh yeah that would be fun you know yeah you should totally send me another email about that yeah (laughs) schedule something absolutely absolutely all right. Well, thank you for having me on here and invite, inviting me. It was a lot of no fun. worries. It was my pleasure to talk to you. You are such a rock star. You know, like I said, you and I will be in touch. I will probably be on Carrie's channel at some point. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. All right. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see you later. All right. Well, thanks so much again. And uh, when, when is this podcast going to come out? Uh, tomorrow, believe it or not. Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Goodness. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's going to come out tomorrow. I'm literally, I literally, um, all, I, all I'm going to do is I'm just going to add a little, I'm just going to intro you and then it'll be this conversation that we just had. So. Okay, that's awesome. Well, definitely share it with me and I'll share it too. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode today. I hope you liked it. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to send me an email, please feel free to do so at robieregz24 at gmail.com. And if you'd like to send me a voice message, please download the free Anchor app, search for The Way I See It on Anchor, and click the voice message button. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk soon.